Hi, this is Jake Turner for the Turning Points Podcast. This is where you're going to find the best guest, Charles Davis, analyst for Fox Sports and NFL Network. He's Arifa Sun, uh, AAF writer and Vikings writer for The Athletic, and takes you won't find anywhere else. You're not buying into the uh, Kevin Durant, Patrick Beverly feud? No. I think that's a joke. I think that's about as big of a joke as when Richard Karn hosted Family Feud for that year. Find this podcast and subscribe to it to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's time to get to both sides of the story. Well, the Orlando Magic have uh, moved on. A 42 and 40 season, but we're taking out uh, four games to one to the Toronto Raptors. But the one thing is, since being down here in Orlando, Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, I've had the privilege of covering some Magic games with Eric Wilson of Sports Arena. And watching this team this year really made me excited for the future. But you know something? There was one guy that I follow that is all Magic all the time, always has been. David Bauman of 96.9 The Game and Spectrum Sports uh, joining me here on the line to talk about the Magic future. And David, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? Jack, it's great to catch up with you, man. All right. David, first off, uh, President Jeff Waltman came out today, said Nikolai Vucevic is a, is a must. Why is Nikolai such an important cog to the future? Uh, well, all right. Uh, he did say that. Jake, but I, I will uh, suggest that some of Jeff Welton's response okay. was was a little bit alarming because oh. well, he said the right things about Nikola Vucevic and how he was an all-star and it's a must to have him back. Okay. You know, he said some of the same stuff about Mario Hazonia last year. Oh. Who ended up leaving to the New York Knicks on a free agent contract. Now, Here's one other thing that Jeff Welton said. Uh, well, one, one reason I have to believe that Vucevic could be on the move this summer is that Jeff Welton made it a point to boast about Mo Bamba, the Magic's sixth overall pick from this past draft. Uh, and and he, he just talked about him continuously. It's almost like Jeff Welton brought Mo Bamba up while being asked about Nikola Vucevic on purpose because to me, Jake, as a business, the Orlando Magic have a business to run. Okay. And if Vucevic leaves, Mo Bamba is that insurance policy. That's why they drafted him sixth overall. Wow. Okay. So this is exactly why I bring him on, folks, because <laughs> I mean, I don't know Jeff Weltman very well, and I thought, okay, you know, he's. Punching them up a little bit, but oh, that's interesting. So, where do the Magic go from here? I mean, 42 and 40 on the season. They finished uh, with nine losses after that. And so, where do the Magic go from here? Well, the first things first is the NBA draft, and then it is free agency. So, uh, they've got the 16th pick in the NBA draft, and I, I think history shows over the last 20 years that it's, it's a little less than 50-50 that you're going to get a guy there at the 16th spot in the first round who can actually contribute, uh, you know, and be a, a solid piece to a team. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of iffy there whether that draft pick will pan out or not. Um, you've got to continue to watch the point guard position. Now, the Magic went out and got Markel 
number one overall pick at the trade deadline, and they were able to do that by uh, trading a, a late first-round pick and a second-round pick, along with Jonathan Simmons, in, in order to acquire him. But we never got a chance to see Fultz in a Magic this year because of that very strange thoracic syndrome, just uh, whatever that you got it. it's called. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, so, it's so weird that it's, I mean, I, I don't even know. But, um, it, but you have to wonder, any, any realistic uh, observer would look at that situation and say, hey, we don't know if this guy is ever going to pan out uh, to the super high hopes uh, that everyone had for him. I mean, he was a consensus number one overall pick. Uh, but, but he needs that no doubt. to get healthy. And if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, the Magic could possibly uh, key a, a point guard at the 16th spot of that draft. Uh, also out there will be Kemba Walker, a free agent who played for Steve Clifford for the past few years in Charlotte. David Bauman of 96.9 The Game and Spectrum Sports joining us here on Turning Points, where we go both sides of the story. I'm Jake Turner. Tweet him at David Bauman, O-R-L, on Twitter. So, okay, so they got Steve Clifford now, a very good coach, and now Nikolai Vucevic, after finding out this little piece of news. So what are the chances of the Magic possibly trading up in the NBA draft? That's a good question. Um, uh, I, I, to be honest, Jake, I, I'm not exactly sure uh, right now because it's you know it is so early. I mean, the season just ended, mm-hmm. so all that uh, all that draft strategy stuff um, is uh, it's a little bit early to be thinking about. But I, okay. I, you know, it, it is certainly something that needs to be thought about and, and uh, discussed. I, to be honest, I'm not sure uh, exactly okay. how that'll play out. I, I'd have to take a look back at Jeff Weltman and, and John Hammond's uh, experience with uh, Milwaukee and Toronto to see if they've got any history of trading up mm-hmm. from the from the middle of the round to move up. Okay. And, uh, but but hey, that's always a possibility that they had a winning record. I mean, for the first time. <laughs> Since the days of Dwight Howard, they finished 42 and 40. Are you kidding me? I mean, at one point this season, too, they were 20 and 31. Yes, they and were. And all the boo birds were coming back out and, and people <laughs> calling for uh, the team to tank again and try to get Zion Williamson. And, Jake, I have led that tank charge so many times. I know you have. In recent years, but this year I wasn't going to buckle. I wasn't going to buckle under pressure. I was going to hold steady. Because I saw a lot of promise in this team. I saw very early on, even when they were 11 games below 500, that they had the capability to beat anyone and also lose to anyone on any given night. So uh, it was a it was a hell of a run, uh, especially in the last two months of the season. There was almost no team hotter than the Magic, and uh, it got the fans reengaged. It got the media reengaged. And for the first time in quite a long time, the Magic were relevant. Take me back to that night, Game 3 of uh, the quarterfinals for the Raptors and the Magic. What did you think of the atmosphere around the arena? Well, to be honest, I I think uh, it was a really tough go for for a long time. And and I think the crowd was, was largely disengaged until 
the end. Okay. It, it started to get really, uh, really, really energetic. The fans started getting on the refs because I thought that was a, a, an incredibly disappointing uh, game from an officiating Oh, standpoint. I know that. Oh, I, I, the, I, mean, I, <laughs> I was losing refs, it. Yeah, the refs really took the air out of the balloon for not only the players but the fans. Uh, and by the end, you know, the fans are chanting, refs, you suck. And, uh, <laughs> and as the refs missed that blind letter uh, uh, travel. That, yes. Uh, I, you, you put it, David. It was a one-possession game, but, uh, you know, Leonard got away with it. Pascal Siakam uh, got a bucket, put it put it back to a six-point game. I mean, it was that was a frustrating one. But you know what, Jake? The, the crowd... It, they did get engaged, and man, just the mere fact that they got to be there for playoff basketball is pretty cool. It was incredible. He's David Bauman, uh, 96.9 The Game and Spectrum Sports, joining us here on Turning Points. We go both sides of the story here. Uh, let's talk about this for a minute because, I mean, even as media, we were able to witness something for the future of the Raptors. Pascal Siakam. I think just became. I think he just became the face of the franchise going forward. Because I mean, we all know this. Kawhi Leonard's gone after this, right? I, I would think so. I, I would be uh, somewhat. I, I would be surprised if, if he stayed. I mean, there's always a chance he could stay, but if he leaves, Jake, you're, you're spot on. Uh, Pascal Siakam's got a chance to be a star. Kid's unbelievable. Just he's just so humble. I mean, when he was up at the mic on Friday on that Friday night, I just sat there and went, "Man, this kid is—he's humble. And he he doesn't know what to say to the media right now." And it, it was just kind of refreshing to see that because after we had Kyle Lowry come in and kind of own the room, we were like, "All right, well, let's see what this kid's all about." And you got Danny Green over there, you know, kind of just being his mouthpiece. It was it was actually pretty cool. Um, favorite moment of the Magic season was? Oh, boy. Favorite? Huh. Um, I'm trying to think of game winners, because I know Fournier had a big one. I'm trying to think if Gooch had a game winner. Um, you know, I think another another key moment uh, would be just Nikola Vucevic in the All-Star game. He didn't do much, but just the sheer fact that he, he he became an all-star for the first time since the 2012 season was pretty cool. Um, th there were some really good ones, man. And I, I think overall, um, you know, if you look back on the season, you got to smile a little bit because it's finally steps forward in the right direction. What my favorite moment had to be was Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross was just unbelievable every time he came off the bench always set up for a three-point shot or a game winner or put a team away and it was refreshing to have that sixth man finally in Orlando to really help out the team going forward I just thought the emergence uh, of Terrence agree. Ross I, I think Terrence Ross was played out of his mind yes he did season. and one of his big keys was staying healthy because we're pretty Uh, throw him off his game, but but to see him come out this year and average 15 points a game, uh, and he would be super streaky where where he would get on fire. It seemed like every shot he took went in that bucket. Uh, it, it was so fun to watch, and he's such an affable guy who in, in, 
engages with the fans. Uh, he, he openly recruits on social media for, for other players to come here. Um, <laughs> he really it, does. It's great. I mean, he is the type of guy you want on a roster moving forward. He was, it, is, it was his best season yet. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, biggest difference between the way Frank Vogel coached and Steve Clifford coached? Well, that's good. Um, because in some regards, they are similar in their defensive prowess. Um, but, you know, Steve Clifford's team did a lot better offensively than Frank Vogel's team. Uh, you know, Steve Clifford... Actually, I, I would say ran the offense, offense a lot more uh, and maximized Nick Vucevic's talent a lot more than Frank Vogel did. Um, you know, I, I think Steve Clifford really uh, encouraged the play of, of like a, a young Jonathan Isaac, getting him in that starting lineup and keeping him there. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think. I was surprised that Frank Vogel was fired, though, to be honest. Uh, oh. That was one of my biggest criticisms of the front office. I, I didn't think Frank Vogel uh, deserved to be fired last year. I, uh, you know, I thought it was, um, I, I thought it was a, a, a really dramatic move for a coach who really never got a shot with a roster. But when you look at it now, Steve Clifford in charge of this team which is almost largely the same as it was under Frank Vogel. And Steve Clifford got so many more wins than Vogel did. So, uh, you know, you, you got to tip your hat to Steve Clifford. Uh, you just did a phenomenal job. And, you know, I, I still do think Frank Vogel is a good coach. I mean, he brought the Indiana Pacers to the playoffs in, what, five or six years. That's true. That's uh, true. So let's not discount that. But uh, may, maybe Vogel just kind of a lot harder time uh, connecting with a, a less talented roster than he was used to. But Steve Clifford maximized those guys' performances. David, let's get a little personal. Uh, today is your birthday. and uh, uh, I appreciate that, buddy. Yes, yeah, no problem. Happy birthday. Uh, would I like to know, what is some of your favorite memories so far uh, when you're covering sports in Orlando? Oh, wow. Overall, all sports? Yeah, just any sport. Well, that's great. Um, that's a great question. I, I, I've been covering Orlando sports since 2004, uh, right when Dwight Howard got drafted by the Orlando Magic. So we're going back quite a ways. Uh, the NBA Finals uh, between the Magic and Lakers was just unbelievable. Uh, Lord have mercy if Courtney Lee made that layup. <laughs> it could have uh, been a different story. Um you know, uh, there have been some really good ones. I got to cover the Florida Gators National Championships in both basketball uh, and, and football. And, and covering Tim Tebow there was, was just incredible. Um, he, he is uh, as uh, an amazing guy as he comes across. Uh, you know, Tebow's career was terrific. That was, that was a major highlight. Um, I got to cover Super Bowls and uh, a Super Bowl in Jacksonville, which was amazing. And and uh, it's it, it, it's crazy to think about. You know, I got to see some great golf tournaments at the uh, <laughs> Arnold Palmer Invitational at Tiger Woods. So, um, 
you know, it's it's uh, it's really wild to think about how uh, you know Orlando gets overlooked as a sports town, but but my memories of covering sports in this town are are really it it, it amazes me to think back at some of the things that I've been able to witness in this city, and uh, I take it all in, man, because it's it's uh, it's really fun and it's it's it's. Uh, <laughs> Orlando can just be a great, great place for sports without without most people realizing it. Yeah, it. I've been down here since March of last year, and I've really just embraced you know Orlando sports around here. It's it's just really it's really cool, and I think it was also the time that I've spent with Rollins College that really made me feel good about being here. But I got to know this, David. This is a final question. Uh, I'm about to go into a class, and Mike Tuck is going to be teaching me. What <laughs> should Love I expect from Mike? Love that guy. <laughs> well, uh, so here's the thing. You know, uh, I, I get to uh, take part in the sports panel show face-off on Spectrum Sports 360, and I have to go against Mike uh, in these debates. And, uh, you know, I, and I do credit Mike. And uh, Jerry O'Neill for giving me my start in radio here in Orlando because I used to go on to their show. I used to fill in for Mike. I used to fill in for Jerry. So uh, I certainly credit him for for getting my foot in the door there because I've really enjoyed radio um, a lot of times, much much more than than I've enjoyed TV uh, because radio is very very freeing where you can have these conversations like you and I are doing today. Absolutely. Mike, Mike always brings it. The guy. Uh, does his research ahead of time, and it doesn't matter what the topic is. Mike is going to be so locked and loaded with with ammunition, um, uh, you know, just great, great information. He makes a very strong argument. He's very passionate. He believes in in the words that come out of his own mouth. And uh, you know, I, I know anytime I have to debate Mike, uh, I'm a it's. You know, I'm in for a dogfight, and I better bring it. So he makes me do a better job because otherwise he's just going to embarrass me. Um, so <laughs> to have Mike as your teacher, Jake, all I can recommend is you better be prepared. You better do the work. He's going to push you, buddy, and he's going to expect it. Uh, but I have a feeling you are going to appreciate that about him. Without question. He's David Bowman from 96.9 The Game and Spectrum Sports joining us here on Turning Points. We tell both sides of the story. Thank you so much for coming on, David, and this definitely will not be the last time. Thank you. Uh, keep it up, Jake. Really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I wish you a ton of success, and uh, look forward to talking to you more in the future, bud. Thank you, David. All right, that was David Bowen. Wow. From 96.9, the game and uh, Spectrum Sports. Uh, great stuff on the Orlando Magic. I told you guys, this guy's a Magic fan, and he was all about it. And he also, I did not know that about Jeff Weltman, so that was interesting to hear. But uh, I am excited to meet Mike Tuck and be in his class. And uh, th that's the thing about being here at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Folks, listen, if you want to be a sportscaster, you have to throw your ego out the door. You have to be humble you have to be open-minded and that's one thing this school has done for me that's why i bring on guys like david or go outside the box and find guys that i really do trust all right we're going to take time out here uh coming up we're going to have our final word it's going to be 
an interesting one because, oh, these two players in different sports just don't understand the meaning of domestic violence. We're going to dive into that next. This is Turning Points. We tell both sides of the story. I'm Jake Turner, and you're listening to it right here on iTunes. <laughs> 